Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way. Back again with our match reaction stream after Arsenal have finally ended the Goodison Park curse. I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie for this one. Charlie, it feels good to be Everton, doesn't it? It does. I've really, it's been so, it feels so long since we last beat them. Obviously, it was, I think it was six years ago was the last time and we won 5 1. And yeah, it's just been a long time coming. It, I think I said uh, in a match preview with TC last, uh, I think it was on Friday, I said, it has to be broken at some point. We have to break this curse at some point. And the and I think to I think yesterday was probably the best chance that we had to actually do it. We 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 came close last season. It was very, very frustrating for us. And personally, I think we've improved our team since last season. And to be fair, we we completely dominated the game yesterday. It was it was it almost seemed easy for us. It, it was obviously a shame that we didn't get to get more than one goal. I'm sure we'll go into it with Martinelli's uh, offside goal, but yeah, it it's good to finally come away with a win. I, I literally was I said to my mates beforehand. I, I, fair enough, this might be a, a bit negative, but I said I, I wouldn't be surprised if we come up with a with a defeat here because it's almost like with Everton, they go on a bad streak and then they play against Arsenal mm. and then they win. I think it was when they had Rafa Benitez in charge. I think they went 13 games uh, without a win. And then all of a sudden, we play. they play against us and then they managed to get a win at Goodison Park. It's just ridiculous. So the fact that we've been able to finally come out with a win after, to be fair, they've had a difficult start to the season. I think they've only got they might have one point, I think, yeah. so far. So I was thinking, oh, God, this is going to happen again. But luckily, thank you to Trossard, it didn't. Yeah, no, 100%. I think we'll speak about the game uh, in depth. We talk about um, what went right for Arsenal yesterday. But I'm going to start in terms of um, what, what the prognosis has been post-match in terms of what fans have been speaking about um, on social media. And a lot of Arsenal fans and opposing fans have basically touched on the fact that Arsenal right now are not playing at their best. Um, they're not playing the free-flowing football that you saw at the start of last season, you could say. But for me personally, I think that's a very good sign. To be honest, I think that's a very positive. That's a positive sign. I think Mikel Arteta understands that you don't have to be going into every single game playing 100 miles per hour. You just don't. You look at Manchester City, how they dominate games, how they kill games off, and I think that's the sign of champions. And I think at the start of this season, Arsenal have done similar. You go back to that performance at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace. Uh, it was not the best. It was not the most attractive uh, of performances, but we got the job done in a hard ground, in a hard game. And we got uh, three points. Um, Nottingham Forest, similar performance. And now you go back to um, yesterday against Everton. It's a tough ground to go, Goodison Park. And I know they're not having the best of times, but you go back to that record. It's an awful, awful record that Arsenal have had over the years. And it's a difficult place to go because they're physical, they're dominant, they want to win their duels, they want to ping the ball up to the front too, whoever it is, whether it's Calvert-Lewin or Beto, and they want to cause Arsenal and their defence a number of problems. But I thought Arsenal's defence yesterday, I thought they were fantastic. William Saliba and Gabriel dominated uh, Everton's uh, uh, strikers. But 
What's your take on the fact that Arsenal, do you think we're seeing a, a mature Arsenal now compared to last season? Because I look at it right now and I think this Arsenal team is more mature. And I look at them, I think they're more, much, much better defensively. Like, yeah. then there's still things to improve going forwards, but I think that will click. That will click. I have no qualms about that. But defensively, the way Arsenal are now shutting games out, um, they're not they're not causing themselves issues. When you go back to compare to last season, they were causing themselves unnecessary problems. They were conceding chances. They were being nervous in games where they probably shouldn't. But now I look at this Arsenal team. I see a mature Arsenal team. And look, if we're playing ugly and if we're playing bad right now, I don't mind that. We're still get, we're still getting wins on the board. Arsenal need to be playing their best football when it's February, March, April, May. Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, to be fair, sometimes it is good, as you mentioned, to get ugly wins. Sometimes we need them and they're going to come against teams like Everton. They're going to come against teams like Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park, at Selhurst Park and at, at Goodison. That That's what a lot of the kind of games you would expect the, you'd expect an ugly win if we're going to get a win there. And, um, I mean, I, I agree with you with the fact that our, I do think our defence has looked very solid this season. We've done, I think we've tied it up. Is that because Gabriel has returned to the team? I, to, to be fair, I think so. It, 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 it was odd that he just wasn't playing. I do think it was a bit odd that he wasn't. And, I mean, they're... There must have been a reason why Arteta kind of added him to the leadership team in the in the side, and he played I think every single game for Arsenal last season. He played the most amount of minutes for Arsenal last season. So then the fact that he wasn't in the team uh, in the starting lineups for the for the first couple of games, it was like, well, why? What's going on? Saliba and Gabriel, they're a force to to come up against. They are a very very good kind of centre back partnership. So I'm glad that they're back together. I'm glad that we've got a, a very solid defence. Uh, no disrespect to Zinchenko, but I think when Timber comes in, that's going to be incredible, yeah. that defence. That's going to be even better than what it is now. Um, I think, don't get me wrong, I think the fact that we've got Zinchenko and we've got Timber and Tomiyasu, we saw him come on yesterday, it adds a variety to our game in terms of how we can play, how we can set up. So some some games you might be like, okay, yeah, we want to be a bit more on the ball. We want to be a bit more kind of, we want to hold possession a little bit more, see what Zinchenko can do there. If we're coming up against a team that may be a bit more difficult to come up against, let's just say Man City, for for instance, you saw how well he did in, in the in the yeah. community shield against Man City, Timber. Maybe he needs to be that more defensive defender. Yeah. And because we, we know that sometimes Inchenko can be a bit um, kind of liable with, with his defending. Sometimes he's caught out of position. That's mm. not to say he's a bad player. He's a very, very good player. And yeah, I think what, the way that Arteta sets his games up, it seems like it complements the players that kind of play. So Zinchenko, I think yesterday it complemented him kind of mm. thing. I know that he didn't really have much of a choice. It was either him or Tommy Ashley, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But th this is the kind of thing. It's It does seem like we've matured, as you mentioned. I, I think it's an odd one for me to say because I think we have matured, but it's... I still think that there's something missing from the games that we've been watching. Sometimes it's been a bit more sloppy than what we've been hoping for. I mean, you mentioned last season that it was quick. We were the, the passing was fantastic. It, we, it seemed more like we were 
easily winning the games, if you know what I'm trying to say. I think yesterday we completely dominated. We definitely deserved to win. And I think that that kind of ties in with what I was saying about last season. But there, there's moments in previous games that I've seen this season where it hasn't been what we've seen last season, as you just mentioned. And there has been that little bit missing. But I'm sure that will still come. Hmm. We're, we're, we're five games into the into the league. And if we win the North London derby, as TC and I mentioned last week, we'll be on more points than what we were last season at that's at the same stage. And it's going to be a big game next week as well The North, with the North London derby. We're on the same amount of points. So it's all to play for, really. Mm. But um, I'm going to go back to the defence um, real quick. And I think you know how much I, I, I love Declan Rice and how much I always mention him, but uh, I've got some stats up here about him. Uh, it, this is now.afc again from, from Instagram. So he had 100%. Uh, so let, sorry, let me start again. He had 99 touches, 93% passing accuracy, 32 passes into the final third, four duels won, three, possession, three times possession won. 100% dribbles completed, 100% long ball accuracy, three recoveries, two interceptions, one chance created, and one shot. I think he just adds so he was man much. Of the yeah, he 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 deserves to to get. He deserves the credit that he's kind of. He, it doesn't seem like he's getting too much credit. He, don't get me wrong; he's getting a lot, which he deserves. But I think he deserves a bit more because he adds more to our defense. As we were just mentioning, it seems like we're a bit more solid. I think he helps with that because he's a very good defender. But then he also helps with the way that we are attacking, the way that we the ball is distributed from right to left, for, from the middle, out, up, up top to, to Martinelli, to Trossard, to Saka. He adds so much to the, to the game. He adds more of a kind of dimension to Arsenal's structure. And he helps us with the way forward. Uh, yeah, I, I think... I'm not going to go too far into into Declan Rice because I could go on for a few minutes and I've already been speaking a few minutes about our defence. But you know what I'm trying to say? He, I think he just compliments every, everyone around him. He compliments the whole team. He compliments our defence when he sits right in front of it and he compliments the rest of the midfield and he compliments the, the attack as well. He's a fantastic player and he's, he's definitely worth the money that we paid for him, I think. Uh, I think it's just... I've, to be fair, I think it's very funny with the amount that we've paid for him compared to the amount that Chelsea have paid for, for Caicedo, let's say, for example. So I think yeah. we it's almost like we've got a bargain uh, in Declan Rice with with how much Chelsea paid for Caicedo and how poorly he's been playing for him, obviously. Uh, I, I don't think he played yesterday against Bournemouth, but even so, I, I think yeah, Declan Rice is just another level. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, his performance yesterday, I think the best um, compliment that I could offer Declan Rice is that he was alone six yesterday and there was a lot of talk pre-game that could Arsenal struggle against a more physical um, Everton team. Obviously, they have Idrissa Gay, Onana, Decore in that midfield and it's really physical. It's really dominant. You know what Everton and Sean Dyche are going to try and do what they're going to try and implement. But for Declan Rice, as a lone six, I thought he was fantastic. And what I like about Declan Rice is, like, he's a tackle magnet. Like, if if the ball is lost, like, in certain scenarios, you think, how has he won that ball? How has he won that ball? And I think that's what Arsenal have lacked for a number of years. I think Thomas Partey is more of a someone who's 
forward thinking. He's more of an accelerator, someone that gets the ball. His first process, his first thought process is to think forward, to think, put the ball forward and go forwards. Whereas Declan Rice, I think he's more attuned to the defensive side of the game. And obviously he's capable of going forwards. He's got that ability. Um, he's, he's very physical. He's very dominant. So it's been a fantastic signing. I think in the first opening five games in the Premier League, um, I struggle to think of a better player in this Arsenal team than Declan Rice because he is going to have a big impact for this, for, for this football club. And I can't wait to see him play against PSV Eindhoven on Wednesday night and then obviously the North London derby is first in Arsenal colours. Um, we'll speak about the offsides. Um, controversial, uh, a bit controversial. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it's a great finish from Gabriel Martinelli. Probably, he's probably sustained that injury from that goal. Yeah. I think he, he's running at such intensity, explosive speed. He probably picks up a hamstring and obviously we're hoping that it's not too serious. But what was your take on the uh, offside goal? Because there's, there's a rule that keeps speaking about the rule in terms of was it deliberate? Was Beto trying to um, intervene, etc.? But what's your take on it? For me, I think it should be a goal, to, to be yeah. honest. I, I, uh, it's so difficult. The thing is, I was so confused at the time why it was why it was an offside i can see why with the lines i am fine with the i'm fine with that even though that it, that it's a it's an odd angle that they give i'm okay with the fact that Nketiah might be offside i am not having a go at him whatsoever because of it because it i mean there's no way that he would have expected the ball to come to him at that point anyway but the fact that obviously you just mentioned is it deliberate is it not is I'm not saying what that it was tell, deliberate. But, but what, what what's the rule? How can you assess what is deliberate and what's not? Exactly. Like, I, don't, I don't understand that rule. Yeah, I, it's, it's confusing. Weird. Weird. I, I can't remember exactly what they were saying after the game, but it was essentially saying... We'll speak that, about what they were saying after the game about this little corner yeah. routine because I thought that was nonsense yeah. as well. <laughs> the, it's like the they were saying that when Gabriel kicked it onto Beto, mm. the... It wasn't deliberate that Beto kind of kicked it back to where Enketir is. Well, obviously it's not, but it's not. It's like it's not like it's a, a just a slight deflection and it's gone to where Gabriel wanted it to go. Gabriel's trying to play it over to I think ben, it's either Saliba or, or Ben White, yeah, and it's gone a complete opposite way. And it's like, well. What, what? Why? Why? Why is that offside? If Gabriel's trying to play it to a completely different player, and it's gone the other side of the pitch, how is that then offside? Surely that's a kind of. I, I think the term they use. Don't get. It's probably wrong, but it's like it's almost like a like a a change in play because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's almost he's blocked it. He's blocked the pass to Ben White. And then that block has just gone miles away from where they were expecting it to go. So that that's what kind of is, that's what's confusing me. Luckily, again, uh, I think it was the same as, as last week, that we we're, luckily we're not going to be talking about it too much because we've managed to come away with a win. No, I don't I care said it. About he said in the post-match, yeah, he said in the post-match press conference, he spoke about the fact that, look, it is a goal, and on another day we'll be sitting here and 
we'll be discussing why isn't that a goal. And on another day, that could be the difference between three points and one point. Yeah. Like, I know we've won the game, but for I still can't understand it. Like 24 hours after, like still baffles me. It still baffles me because <laughs> like after the replays, at first I never realized that Beto got a touch on it. Like Eddie and Kitty is offside, okay? Yeah. Eddie and Kitty is offside. I can understand that. I've seen the replays um, after that from, from different areas of the pitch, and you can understand that he is offside. But then when Beto's um, little touch deflection comes into play, that changes the whole dynamic and the whole picture of that goal, of that play. And it's a goal. Yeah. Like it, 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 it could be harsh. It could be seen as unlucky for Everton, for Sean Dyche, etc. But those are the rules. You can't just pick and choose the rules when it suits you, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It's, it, VAR's a bit odd. Uh, I think that there's still some kind of like intricacies of the game that need to be sorted out and, and stuff like that. It's just that if the ball went the other way and they went through and scored, it would not be disallowed. So it's just unfortunate. But yeah, yeah, it, it is just... I can, yeah, I, it is still confusing me to to well now, even however however many hours after the game. But luckily, at least we won. Yeah, <laughs> luckily we won. I, I think I think I'd be I'd be fuming right now if we didn't win that game. Yeah, because of that. But yeah, as you mentioned, it was a good finish from Martinelli. Classic Martinelli goal, really, and it would have been another Fabio Vieira assist. We'll it would have been him. another Fabio Vieira assist, and I think that we'll be seeing a lot of that link-up play coming in the in this season. And I think we've said it previously, Fabio Vieira, he deserves he deserved that start, and he he played very very well yesterday. I mm. think he he adds something different than what Havertz does. Havertz Havertz is a bit more clunky than what uh, Fabio Vieira is. He's quick and nimble on the ball. He's agile. You saw a lot of the time when he was running down the left, he kind of, he was, he was almost turning around, spinning with the ball. And it kind of, it, it put off the, the Everton defenders. He, he managed to get away from them. And that link up play with Fabio Vieira, with Martinelli, the chemistry that they have anyway, mm. is, is amazing. They're almost like brothers. Mm. So yeah. you will be able to see a lot of, uh, uh, of balls go through from Vieira to Martinelli that he's gonna he's just gonna be able to run onto very easily, very quickly, mm. and get the classic Martinelli goal. It was just a shame that there was all that controversy uh, over this offside uh, yesterday. Otherwise, we would have seen we would have seen another Fabio Vieira assist. So mm. it's just a shame. But anyway, yeah, it's okay because we won. Yeah, no, hundred percent. No, like you make a great point, Fabio Vieira. Like the biggest compliment. I think you could give Fabio Vera yesterday. You know what he's capable of doing from a technical point of view. He's a fabulous footballer. He's always thinking forwards. But what I liked about Fabio Vera yesterday was the defensive side of the game. Mm. There was a few occasions when I saw a player win a tackle in the middle of the park. And the first thought I thought to myself was, go on, Declan Rice, what a tackle. And I look up and I'm like, that ain't Declan Rice. That's Fabio <laughs> Vieira. Like, he was going into duels and... I don't know what he's been eating. Yeah. Maybe Eddie and Katie or Declan Rice have been given that jollof rice that they've been making it. But he looked good from a defensive point of view. And there was a lot of um, scepticism before the game when the lineup came out and Fabio Vieira was included in the team um, because a lot of Arsenal fans, while they have been a bit um, critical of Kai Havertz, they still 
they still wanted him to play against Everton due to his physicality because they knew what they were up against with Everton's midfield. But I thought Fabio Vera was very good. He was wow. winning his duels. He was very dominant. He was not hiding. Like last season, when you looked at Fabio Vieira in certain games, he was a bit weak against the strongest of midfields. But yesterday, I thought he was very, very good. And I want to see him start. I want to see him start against PSV Eindhoven because yeah. I think that's an opportunity for him to lay down another marker in Mikel Arteta's first team plans. Yeah. Um, there's an opportunity, I think, in that game for him to score a couple of goals because I think it's going to be an expansive game. It's going to be a beautiful game because Arsenal back in the Champions League for the first time in, what, over seven years. So it should be a good game. But no, I agree. I thought he was very, very good. And I think there's a comment here on screen. Apparently, he won four out of five duels. Wow. I have to say, I did not expect that. I didn't no. either. I didn't no. either. So the fact that he's um, done that, it shows that there is a different side to Fabio Vieira and uh, we can't wait to see more of him. Um, the other change, which maybe surprised quite a few Arsenal fans. If I'm honest, I wasn't surprised. Like, if you're asking me, I kind of expected it. I had the feeling that Mikel Arteta would um, change it up um, after the international break. But David Raya came in for Aaron Ramsdale um, yesterday um, in the game against Everton. Uh, I thought David Raya was very good. Like, although he never had much to do in terms of saving shots, etc. He was confident on the ball. Um, when the balls were coming in from corner kicks or set pieces or free kicks, he was dominant. Um, he dominated his uh, penalty box. Um, when he gets the ball, he's very calm. He's very composed. And I think those are the signs of a top, top goalkeeper. But if I'm honest, I worry for Aaron Ramsdale right mm -hmm. now. And a lot of yeah. Arsenal fans are saying, I don't know what, what was, well, I'll ask you what you think about it, but a lot of Arsenal fans are in the mindset that Aaron Ramsdale will play against PSV Eindhoven on Wednesday, and David Ryle will play against Tottenham in the North London derby, and they will rotate. So Aaron Ramsdale has the cup competitions, um, and David Ryle has the Premier League um, games. But for me, I look at it and I compare it to when Leno and Ramsdale were battling out for the number one position. Leno started the first few games when Ramsdale signed. And then after the international break, mm. Aaron Ramsdale came in for Leno. And then obviously, since then, Aaron Ramsdale has been number one. And I liken that same situation to right now, David Raya, after the international break, he's come in. And I think he's Arsenal's number one goalkeeper now. I think he's Mikel Arteta's number one goalkeeper. And I think he has been for a long time. There was always talk that Arsenal wanted to sign David Raya for a number of years. And now Mikel Arteta has got his number one supposed target. I can't see him changing it up. But what, what's your take on it? Where do you stand on this? I mean, I, I'm I'm with you on the fact that with what you said about people think that Ramsdale play against PSV. I think that that is why he played specifically why he played Raya yesterday. Um, I was expecting to see Raya come in at some point anyway. But I think the reason why he just played him yesterday specifically is because it is Arsenal's first Champions League game. And I think that he'll want to be playing Ramsdale there. I think it's because he's helped, Ramsdale has helped Arsenal to get to that point. He's helped Arsenal get to the Champions League. And I think he he deserves to, to be, to play in the Champions League. I think it would be a bit of a shame for him if 
if he's helped Arsenal to get to where we were, get to where we are now in the Champions League, et cetera, et cetera, and then he straight away plays David Ryan. I'm not saying that Arteta's thinking about personal feelings. I'm just saying that I think Ramsdale deserves to be in the Champions League. I think he deserves to play there. I, but do, I you think, do you think he'll be happy, though? Do you think he'll be happy? Like, I understand what you're talking about in terms of Ramsdale deserves to get the opportunity to play in the greatest stage of them all, Champions League, etc. But if that was to continue throughout the whole season, do you think Ramsdale will be happy to just be playing Carabao Cup games, FA Cup games, Champions League games? I don't think so. Like, he wants to be England's number one goalkeeper. I think he's got a great shot in um, competing against Jordan Pickford and replacing him. So the fact that he'll be playing just Champions League games, Carabao Cup games, FA Cup games... I don't think he'll be happy with that. And there could be a position, there could be an opportunity in the summer where he'll be thinking to himself, look, if I'm not going to displace David Raya and he's Arsenal's number one, maybe the future might not be at Arsenal after all, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get, I get what you mean. And to be fair, I, just quickly on England, I think that he should be our number one anyway. Uh, I think that's just... I think with Pickford and... Don't get me wrong, he's, he's, good, he's a good keeper for England, but where Everton are now and he makes quite a few mistakes, etc, etc. I think Ramsdale should just be uh, England's number one anyway. But I think I, I wouldn't expect Ramsdale to just be our, our keeper for cup games. I, I think with what Ramsdale, uh, with what Arteta said last night in his press conference, he, he was saying that uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, there, there's a there's a piece that uh, we've got on our YouTube channel. I think it was a short uh, on what Arteta was essentially saying, and he he was saying mm. that if we've got the players, they need mm. to play, regardless of of what position they are, they need to play. So it seems like did you did you see what he said about the regrets side of things? Yeah, yeah. It, no, I'll read it I, out. Seen, like, it, it was it's an yeah. interesting one. It was an interesting I've seen the one. thing saying so, someone someone said that it was like. They were trying to pick it apart and read through the lines, but it was almost like he was talking about Ramsdale. Uh, I, th- I can't remember what game yeah. it was, uh, and then bringing Raya. Yeah. He thought they should have brought Raya on. I think it was in the Fulham game. Yeah, uh, that's what the person said. But he it, basically yeah. he basically said, "I'm a really young manager. I've been in the job three and a half years. I have few regrets, but one of them is that on two occasions, I felt after sixty minutes." and 85 uh, minutes of two games in this period to change the goalkeeper in that moment. I didn't do it. I didn't have the courage to do it. But I'm able to take a winger or striker and put a centre-back on to play a back five to hold on to a result. We drew those games, and I was so unhappy. Someone is going to do it, and maybe people will say, that's strange, but why not? Tell me why not. You have all the qualities in another goalkeeper to do something. You want to change the momentum, do it. It's a regret that I have. Now my feeling is to get everyone engaged that they have to play regardless of the competition. That's my message. It's an interesting one. Like the game's evolving in front Mm. of us. The game is evolving in front of us. And Arteta wants to be at the forefront of it, in my opinion. You've seen Pep Guardiola, how he's evolved the game in in the last decade or, or so. He's changed the way teams now play football you look at what Brighton are doing Roberto De Zerbi look at teams in the bottom half they like to play out from the back and Pep Guardiola has been one of the main managers to basically start that Mm. and now you look at um, Mikel Arteta he's basically saying that why can't we substitute goalkeepers 
yeah. and change the complexion of the games. And I think it's an interesting one. It is an interesting mm. one because someone is going to do it. Someone yeah. will do it in a few years' time because football always it's, it's always evolving. So they they you... are, yeah, they they are they're somewhat similar Ramsdale and Rye, but they are different. So I think. I, it, it would be weird to see, say, Ramsdale starts yeah. and then he brings on Raya. It would be weird to see that happen. But if he's saying what he's saying, it seems like, as you just mentioned, the game's evolving. It's Maybe we'll end up seeing that soon. But I think if you think about it, like what Arteta was just saying, because they offer something different, maybe we'll see in different games as well, just a lot more rotation with the keepers. Because a bit like what I was on about earlier with Zinchenko and Timber, they're, they're, they they are different kind of players. They they offer something different when they when they got the ball, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yesterday you saw Raya come out of his box quite far, further than what Ramsdale does, and receive the ball. Especially with, it was I think there was one point where he received the ball on the left side of the corner of the box, and obviously further out a little bit. I don't think I've ever seen Ramsdale do that so far out of his goal, but he seemed quite, he seemed calm, he seemed collected, and he was he was quite um, demanding in his box as well when he was receiving the ball, when he was up in the air grabbing the ball, catching it, etc. Ramsdale may be a bit more conservative, but he's a very his distribution of the ball is very very good. I think maybe the distribution of it might be a bit better than Raya's, so that might add something else to the game. So there might be a game where you expect more shots against you. I think Raya, he's uh, because of he's been at Brentford, he's been coming up against more shots. He's had more saves. Maybe when you're coming up against someone like Man City, where you're expecting to be conceding a lot of shots. Maybe Rye's the best kind of person for that. Maybe when you've got the ball passing back to the goalkeeper and you want to do a long pass, maybe Rye's the, uh, Ramsdale's the best per- person for that. So maybe we will see rotation a lot more with the goalkeepers. But I think because of that, I don't think that Ramsdale or Rye will just be a cup keeper or just be a prem keeper. I think that we'll see switching in and out for both of them. Personally, mm-hmm. we might not, but I think that that might be what's happening because both of them are very, very good keepers. They are very, very good goalkeepers. And because of that, I think that we will see a lot of both of them. With Leno and Ramsdale, as you just mentioned, with the likening of uh, of this kind of situation, um, I... I completely understand. I could, I get it as well. I, I think I'm. I think it's the same with me because at the time I was like, so we've just brought this keeper in from from Bournemouth mm. for thirty million or whatever. He he's been relegated twice. How is he competing with Leno, who's time and time again kept us in the game? And he he did do that. He was continuously keeping us in the games. We weren't obviously a, as good of a team as what we are now. And Leno would come up with some amazing kind of shot stops, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then Ramsdale came in and then it was like, oh, my God, Ramsdale, Jesus, he's he's actually he's pro- probably doing even better than Leno. But that's not to say that Leno's a good, uh, a bad keeper. He is still a very good keeper. So it might happen. He might uh, displace, uh, Ryan might displace Ramsdale as our number one keeper, but he might not. They just might be on the almost the same level. 
they might play the same amount of games. They might not. I think it's it's still somewhat a mystery. Obviously, mm. we will see what's to come in this season, but I reckon that we will be seeing a lot of both of them personally. Yeah, no, to be fair, it wouldn't surprise me either, like what you just touched on, because Mikel Arteta, he's, he, he speaks about competition for places, that no player in this um, team um, has that position settled in the, in the first team. There's an opportunity for a number of players to work their way into his plan. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. I think what's going to be interesting is what happens in the next few days. We've got PSV on Wednesday. Um, Champions League is going to be a big game. And then we've got the North London derby. I think if Raya starts in both of those games, then you can obviously switch the narrative and you can say that he's Arsenal's number one. Um, however, if Ramsdale comes in for the game against PSV Eindhoven and say uh, David Raya returns for the game in the North London derby, and then I, I don't know who we have after that. I think we could probably Brentford in the Carabao Cup, I think. Yeah. Um, and then obviously um, Ramsdale goes in for that game. Then obviously it's your point in terms of rotation, in terms of switching it dependent on games. But it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting one. And I think what we have right now is two top goalkeepers. And um, I think most clubs will take that, especially when you look at what's happening at Manchester United. Um, Onana, again, um, questions should be asked about him. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, but let's see what happens in, in the next few days. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to briefly speak about uh, the match winner. It's crazy. We've spoken for around 34 minutes. We've not spoken about Leandro Trossard. <laughs> Fantastic goal. Um, brilliant finish. Um, yeah, he makes an impact. And that's what we need from players that are maybe not in the first team like week in, week out, but uh, in and around the first team. And obviously, Leandro Trossard, he gets opportunities, he gets minutes. Um, and yeah, uh, it's a fantastic goal. Like he, he offers that in the final third. He's a match winner. He can make an impact. And he's, he's won us the three points. But now he's probably going to have an opportunity in these next few weeks with Gabriel Martinelli's injury to basically stake a place in Arteta's first team. So... We wish him the best for it, but it was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we we know how good Trossard is at, at his finishing. Uh, I think it was a get uh, well. He was playing for Belgium in the yeah, international yeah. break, and that was a fantastic goal that he scored there. Couldn't tell you who it was against, but even so, really, really good goal. And there's another really, really good finish on his weak foot. It was almost kind of like he opened his foot up and just kind of let let the ball hit it, and it kind of deflected. He he deflected the ball into the far corner, almost where almost the only position that Pickford wouldn't be able to get it. Sure. it hit, I think it hit the inside of the post as well and, and obviously hit the side netting as well. It's a fantastic, fantastic finish. And as you just mentioned there, it's an opportunity for him now with Gabriel Martinelli. There, I think we were talking about it previously that maybe he might be a little bit unhappy with the fact that he's not getting as many minutes as what he'd be, what he's wanting. Personally, I think that maybe Martinelli might be a little bit better, but that that's not to say, once again, that Trossard is a bad player. He's a very, very good player and he offers something different. He's another player in his position that offers something different to the, play, to the player that starts there. As we were just mentioning about David Raya and Ramsdale, about Zinchenko, etc., etc., about Declan Rice, Partey. It seems like we've got two players in each position that is almost world-class that offers something different. And I think that's fantastic. And Trossard, he's... 
it's weird. He is he's very very good on the ball. He's not as quick as Martinelli, but he's mm. still really slick on the ball. He hits the ball so so well, as I've just mentioned, and you see, and we will see that a lot more often. But as you just mentioned, he has an opportunity now, and he has to take the he has to make the most of it. Otherwise, he's not going to be able to get the chance to continue starting for Arsenal when Martinelli comes back. The only way that he's going to be able to do that is if he takes, if, is if he grabs it, but he grabs it with both hands and just goes for it. And it's obviously a shame that Martinelli is injured. But we've mentioned before who should be starting: Martinelli or Trossard. And now it will be Trossard if obviously Martinelli is out for a couple of weeks or so, however long. It will be Trossard, and well, it, it, I say it will. It might be Trossard. It might be Reese Nelson. It might be Smith Rowe. Maybe we'll see Smith Rowe come back. But you know what I'm trying to say. If it is Trossard, once again, he'll offer something different. He, I think he's um, well. He's created so many assists for Arsenal. I think that's is that his second goal for Arsenal or something like that in the league. It's he's something scored, like that. But he's created he's like against, he's scored against Brentford, I think. Oh right, okay. So it might, it might, I think it, it might, might be three goals yeah, or some two, three something goals, like but he's still created about. I think he's made more than 10, 10, 10 11, 12 assists since we've got him, and he's a fantastic, fantastic player. And maybe he's more of a chance creator than a goal scorer than what Martinelli is. Martinelli does create chances, he does get assists, but he's more of a goal scorer. But Trossard seems more of a player that doesn't run down the wing and use his pace as much as what Martinelli does. He's quick and nimble on the ball, cuts inside. He drops back, receives the ball and brings it forward kind of thing. He's more of a ball player, if you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, he's he's more of like the Zinchenko of a, of a, of a left wing. He, he With Zinchenko, he's obviously a left back, but he, he gets the ball and he's more of a ball player than what Tommy Asu is or something like that. You, I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say, but I, from my head, it, it does make sense. But he's more of a ball player. He receives the ball. He he makes things happen with the kind of range of passing as well. As I just mentioned, how quick and nimble he is. And he shoots outside the box as well, which we don't actually see often from Martinelli. Mm -hmm. And it does come off. He, he can score some very, very good goals. And... Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on it because um, I think you are, you are probably going to once I finished. But the I think it was 20, 26 seconds or something like that with the short corner uh, that we scored. Uh, I think that might be. I, I would expect that that is a kind of somewhat a tactic for Arsenal and Arteta. Very stupid, though. It's, it's <laughs> odd. It is odd. He did like... say in the press conference that it. He literally said it should be a yellow card. He literally, Arteta said it should be a yellow card because of how long it took. No, but, but it, he's been sarcastic. I, I think he's probably being sarcastic because of what happened to Tommy Asu. It's sarcasm. Do you know why? Because I think, look, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank post-match, he, he made a great point. And I said it when, when they were talking about it and they're making such a big deal of it, Sky Sports were um, yeah. post-game. That, that was the only thing they were discussing about how long are Arsenal taking in, in, with this corner kick. I think they took about 25 seconds, I think it was something yeah, like that. I think, I think it was 26. Arsenal are not wasting time. The score mm. is nil nil. Okay, yeah. If Arsenal yeah. were one nil up, then there's an argument to be had that Arsenal are wasting time, they're running down the clock, etc. You should book them. I'd hold my hands up and I say, okay, that's a fair enough point. 
but the score is nil-nil. Everton, no disrespect to them, they were in a favourable position at nil-nil. Sean Dyche would have taken that every single day of the week if someone said to him, on the 60th or 70th minute, you'd be nil-nil against Arsenal. He would have taken that, okay? Arsenal are coming to Goodison Park to win the game. Everton are not going to try and beat Arsenal. They're going to try and keep it at nil-nil for as long as possible. And if they can strike uh, a lucky opportunity, they will take that. But what what reason do Arsenal have to waste time? They don't. Arsenal used their initiative. Arsenal used their tactics and Arsenal were clever. They were clever with that goal because they realised that Everton are not settled here. They're not settled in their positions. Let's take a bit more time. Um, Let's quiet down the crowd. Let's make them a bit more angry. Start Make them start booing us, etc. Make the crowd a bit hostile. And then it just may, it, it causes chaos, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it plays, the, the ball plays into Fabio Vieira. I think it's great the way Fabio Vieira shuffles to, to the other side. He keeps the passenger play running. And then obviously the ball play, is played into Bukayo Saka. He plays it back to Trossard. And it's a great goal. But I don't understand. what What is, the, it's like Sky Sports and all these teams want to keep pushing this narrative. So the next game we play, which is a North London derby, the referees will be on the board. They'll basically be like, Sky Sports have been pushing this agenda in the last week that Arsenal are wasting time against Everton. Let's keep an eye on that. I'm telling you, that's the only reason. And it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It, yeah, I agree with you. It's not wasting time. I do think it's a tactic because it almost puts the Everton players off. Arsenal know that this is going to happen. So they're always going to be alert. They're always going to be trying to get away from their defender or whatever because the the, the defenders will go to sleep. And they did, uh, they did in this instance. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but they took their eye off the ball. They looked away or, or whatever. There were a couple of players that did that in the box. Arsenal were always alert. They were always looking at the ball, seeing what's going to happen. And I think that that is that is part that has a part to play in why we scored the goal because Fiera he was completely open on the edge of the box. He was completely open when he received that ball. And uh, I mean, previously I've I don't think I've said it on a on a stream before, but I I've been saying to myself, I've probably said it to some of my mates as well. It frustrates me that we always go for a short corner. Uh, but I'm saying that probably because when I was playing football, I'm a centre-back, so I would go up to the box and I'd be fuming if we didn't get that ball in the box. Obviously, Arsenal know what they're doing. They know what they they practice this in in training, so it's obviously a bit different to when I was playing, but it's I always think, oh, get it in the box, get it in the box, because when we play a short corner and it doesn't go in there Hmm. and nothing comes of it, it's like, well, why didn't you at least cross it? This we, time always have a, we always we always have an uh, extra man uh, on the edge of the D. Like, have you realised? Yeah. It's either Fabio Vieira or either Zinchenko, and there's yeah. no one near them. Like if mm-hmm. the ball is played accurately to one of those players, they have the ability to shoot. Yeah, and that just true. causes chaos. Ricochets <laughs> off a few defenders. Yeah, he could go in. Yeah, exactly. I, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that actually happens. I think it was against Aston Villa, was it? When yeah, um, yeah. when we Zinchenko when we were away, scored. when Zinchenko scored. Yeah. I think that might have been a, a corner that was. Yeah. I think it was short, and then it was played out to Zinchenko yeah. completely open. It, it he faced it across the across yeah. the grass and into the bottom corner. Yeah. So maybe we'll see that again this season. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But I think that well, clearly Arteta's trying to implement using these uh, short corners. 
because against Man U, it was there were so many corners that we had, so many. Luckily, it was the the last one that did come off with Declan Rice. But during the whole game, nothing happened with the balls going into the box. Nothing was happening. So maybe Arteta's been like, look, if we have loads of corners, let's try using this method. Let's do a short corner. Let's not waste a bit of time, but keep the ball in the corner for a bit. Try and see if we can take their minds off what's going on at the moment and then kind of play at them really quickly, play at them really hard with these short corners. And uh, it came off and I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing it again. I think we've, since the start of last season, we've got the most amount of goals from corners. Since the start of last season. On 16, six, I think it's 16 now because we... That counts. Yeah, well, oh, I, I, if it counts, if, if it counts, if then it counts, 16. 16, yeah. So, um, if it's not, then we're still on 15. But even so, it's clearly there's been work around these corners. So, yeah, we'll, I think we'll see a few more uh, uh, corner goals to come. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we're going to wrap it up there. 45 minutes, a bit longer than usual, but I think there was a lot to dissect after a a very, very good win over the weekend, especially when the likes of Manchester United got battered against Brighton. I told you, man, like this, this things over in Manchester, which are not going right. And if I'm honest, I could see Eric Ten Hag getting sacked. Mr. Whiny, honestly. Mr. Whiny. You see, you see him, yeah, on Friday. But yeah, I could see him getting sacked before the season concludes. So it'll be one to watch. But Charlie, you're looking forward to Wednesday night, Champions League? So much. I I can't wait till we're back. Hear the Champions League anthem in in the in the Emirates Stadium after six, seven years or however long. It's it's been a long time coming. Ah, so excited, man. Yeah, it's a big week. It is a big week. PSG Eindhoven on Wednesday night. And then the North London derby against the Tottenham side, which are playing um, some good stuff. But there's always a time where that has to end. And it ends on Sunday. But Charlie, thank you for jumping on, mate. Much appreciated as always. Yeah, thank you for having me. And thank you for everyone watching and, uh, and listening. Yeah, if you have enjoyed the show, folks, uh, make sure to drop a like. Uh, keep your eyes peeled over the next few days. We're going to have a lot of content in the run-up to our first European game in the Champions League, uh, Mikhail press conference. We're going to have uh, Tom at uh, London Colney for the open training session as well. But yeah, if you have enjoyed the show, uh, make sure to drop a like, comment, subscribe, and keep following us down the Arsenal way. Awesome